You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Thursday. Come on in, stay a while. Spent a lot of time talking about Odell Beckham Jr. and also the status of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I think we have a poll question for hour two. McLovin? Hour one was, who is the most confusing quarterback in the NFL? Kirk Cousins is running away with it. All right. Do you want to change the poll question? Yeah. Let's get really mean. Who is the most overcovered player in the NFL we could go with? Uh, I also like the question we raised the first hour. Okay, but wait a minute. Who are the, the players? Well, Odell Beckham Jr. He's just such a strong candidate. Baker Mayfield. Dak Prescott. Actually, we got a tweet saying he was overcovered in the offseason. Tom Brady's got to be in there. Uh, overcovered? Yes. He's the greatest of all time. Is he properly covered? Well, you know, he is in the news a lot these days. You're right. Well, he's been in the news and, and hasn't just been for his play on the field. Yes. Right. What's the last thing he was in the news for that we went? Uh, he called out the defense. He said defenses were like uh, dogs chasing cars. Yeah. Um, what he did with the, uh, the cancer patient in the stands uh, was well covered. Um, his social is always fun. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not bad stuff, but he's really like getting a lot of attention. Yeah. Yeah. But he is the goat, so it's kind of hard. But he, exactly. Like a lot of this is, it's warranted because it's Tom Brady. You know, Odell Beckham is getting a lot of attention, has got a lot, gotten a lot of attention, but it's not warranted. Now it is because he's basically saying, uh, get me a quarterback who can play. Get me out of here. Yeah, Paul. I, I hate to do this, but I would throw Saquon Barkley on there. He is covered. He is talked about. They always discuss whether he's ready to play or not ready to play. If you live anywhere in New York, New York, the Giants are always like, is he playing this weekend? Mm. He, and he's a good guy. Yeah. He was a star. He is yeah. not a relevant NFL player right now, and uh, he gets covered like he is. I would say Baker Mayfield is the most overcovered player because if you throw in the commercials, um, it, it just feels like he's a lightning rod. Yeah, see. Might be Justin Fields. He gets a lot of coverage, and that team stinks. Like, we talk about the Bears a lot, and they're, they're terrible. Uh, well, Paulie talks about the Bears a lot. Well, by proxy, the show does then. But they, he, he gets a lot of coverage, and he's not any good. I don't prop up the Bears and make them seem better than they are, though. I, I bash them worse than anybody. I'm aware of that. what they're going to do. Yeah, but there was so much dialogue about, the Bears got to go to Justin Fields. And I was like, okay, so you're going to put him in there with a bad team as opposed to, you know, who? Andy Dalton? Like, it, he would give you highlights. They're not, they're not a good team. Yeah, Paul. Last year on draft night, I said the Bears should not be allowed from the NFL to draft a quarterback. They should play quarterback lists. Yeah. Because what they could do to any quarterback. Yes. Yeah, but we're not the only show. Like, every single national show in the country is covering the quarterback situation in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I try to point out that, you know, don't expect much out of Justin Fields. It's not a good team. They don't have weapons. They don't have a good offensive line. And you're going to throw him in there and say, all right, hey, make some magic. Well, he's in the same situation that Trevor Lawrence is and maybe Zach Wilson. Yeah, McLovin. It's funny. San Francisco doesn't get quite the same attention with the Trey Lance, Jimmy G, as a Justin Fields. As he said, this summer was all Justin Fields. Yeah, but you're talking about media markets. I mean, you're talking about New York and you're talking about Chicago, yeah. talking about their quarterbacks. You know, Jacksonville, because of Urban Meyer, if Urban wasn't there, we wouldn't cover Trevor Lawrence as much. 
Because, you know, everybody's waiting to see if Urban Meyer can be an NFL coach. And then by proxy, you start looking at what Trevor Lawrence is doing or not doing. Zach Wilson's in a media market, the biggest in the, in the, in the country. And you're with the Jets, you know, always a uh, little brother to the Giants. And you keep waiting. Are they going to find their quarterback? And even now, we don't know if they found their quarterback. Mike White might be their quarterback. Jets and the Colts coming up tonight. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Are we going to go with a different poll question, McLovin? Oh, sure. Uh, I, have a, I have a poll that I can guarantee will anger you if you want it. Even the question will get you mad, and I can tell it will. Guaranteed to anger. Okay. Well, Buster Posey is retiring today. All right. If we ask who's the greatest catcher of all time, is there even are we allowed to discuss options? Does there only have to be one person in that poll? Buster Posey's not in that. No, I know. It's that, we were just talking about catchers. I do have a best catcher of the last 30 years that apparently has been causing some stir on Twitter. Oh, okay. If now, I, get, yeah. I think Buster Posey's a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been a great player. Yeah. Uh, and with the you know same organization, and apparently he made a lot of money from an investment, body armor. Oh I, wow, like Kobe. Yes, that whoever was in on body armor made a whole lot of money because I think it, it, uh, the the evaluation was eight billion dollars for body armor. I don't know anything about body armor, uh, but I do. I know whoever was in, it's like vitamin water. If you were in early. Congratulations. Yeah, Paul. I think the guy who created body armor created vitamin water first. Oh, so he's no. double dipping. I think he got too large for uh, vitamin water. Kobe Bryant, uh, he was a partner with the company. Yeah. He put $6 million of his own money up, and they estimate the minimum he, his family will receive will be $400 million. That's a good return. That's a good return. Um, I don't want to go with best catcher yeah, yeah. I uh, just the last I... 30 years because, you know, Pudge is in there, uh, Yadier Molina, Piazza, Joe Maurer. Uh, it, it would be Pudge Rodriguez, but, you know, there's an asterisk by his stats. Best catcher of all time. Uh, you know, for me, it's always going to be Johnny Bench. I, he changed the position. That would be Johnny Bench. Um, how about the the most over-covered NFL yeah, player? I would have put that up. I would put Odell, Baker, Dak Prescott. I'll actually put it on Twitter. Is there anybody else who people feel is overcovered? See what the audience thinks. Okay. Uh, but I, by the way, I have one QB set I'm dying to share oh, with you guys. Oh, okay. All right. But I have to. It's a, can I put it in a trivia form? Sure. From 2009 through 2018, according to my research, 12 quarterbacks were taken either one, two, or three. How many of those 12 quarterbacks are still on the same team that drafted them? 12 went one, two, or three from 2009 through 2018. So we're including Baker's class. Baker. Is yeah, it goes from Baker's class to uh, Sam Bradford in 2010. But Kyler is not in there. I don't put Kyler. I don't put Trevor. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say one. One. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. He's the only one. Listen to this list of guys who Sam Bradford, gone. Cam Newton, different team. RG3, Andrew Luck, Blake Bortles, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, Mitchell Trubisky, two, Sam Darnold, three, and Baker. So he's the only survivor at number one. So it doesn't guarantee anything. Did you see the report where the Washington football team almost pulled off a trade for Mitchell Trubisky? Yeah, what'd you think of that? It was really close. I don't know if it's that much of an upgrade. Um, 
I'm like I'm fine with Taylor Heineke. He's he's not a franchise quarterback, but this is sort of a gap year here. I don't know what they were thinking with you know Ryan Fitzpatrick that they didn't go after. I thought they were going to go after Justin Fields, um, and and I thought that that might be the missing piece for this team because they, along with the Dolphins, have been the two most uh, underperforming teams so far, in my opinion. Yeah, Paul. I got Mitch Trubisky's stats this year, and they bear out a uh, reason for a trade. No interceptions thrown this year. <laughs> no losses. Undefeated. He's two for two passing this right. year. That's 100%. I checked the I math. like that. What's his QBR? It's, uh, it's like it's, uh, 112. <laughs> he also ran for a touchdown. Uh, it looks like the Odell Beckham Jr. era in Cleveland could be coming to an end. He was excused from practice today. His father released a video of Baker Mayfield not being able to connect with him on the field. OBJ wasn't at the facility yesterday. He's owed a lot of money, so perhaps the team's trying to figure out a settlement so he can leave without costing them a lot. I'm going to guess that he is waiting to be released, and then the Browns got to pony up the rest of his salary here. Beckham never really found a home in Cleveland, and he even told opposing players, hey, come and get me after the 2019 season. He was hurt most of last year. This year, he's been a little banged up. He's certainly been ineffective. One catch for six yards and a loss to Pittsburgh last Sunday. The Browns tried to trade him. I was told that they did try to trade him to the Saints. Uh, no, no takers there. Um, how much does he have left? You know, if, I, if you look at the video, in fairness to him, if you look at the video, he's open. And I think what he's saying is, Baker Mayfield is not the right quarterback. He can't get me the ball. Uh, Beckham was great in New York, but that was 2016. It's been a while since he's been a star on the field. The question is, if he does get another chance, can he be a great player again? And I think you're going to have a couple of teams rolling the dice here. Look, if you bring him in and you don't have to pay him big money, but you're going to pay him, he can double dip. And he can pick who he wants to go to. Maybe he goes to the Saints where he's the number one wide receiver. Played his college ball at LSU. Uh, you know, are, are you sold on those quarterbacks there? Is he going to you know, be souring on Trevor Simeon because he can't find him the ball? Do you go to the Rams? No, they just released Deshaun Jackson. But are you going to get the ball all the time? Because Cooper Cup's the number one wide receiver there. Um, would you go to Kansas City? You're not going to be the number one or number two uh, uh, receiver there. It's tricky because, okay, where do you want to go? You want to go to the Raiders? All right. The tight end's the number one choice. And, you know, with Henry Ruggs' career in jeopardy, that maybe that would be a place. These are just places that a source told me uh, prior to the show. But, you know, we're going to check in with the Browns coming up, just get an idea of where this goes because – I think it's it's a very viable option situation where Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham aren't on this team. Eventually. Yeah, Paul. A few people were speculating the Rams, but uh, I saw some stories yesterday. The Rams have very few picks to give up. They don't have to give up much for Beckham, but the money, the money's tough. Well, they, you're not going to trade for him. Right. You don't have to give up anything. Yeah, but they, they were saying the money would have to be similar to Von Miller, where the, the Browns would have to pay most of it. Yeah, but I think the Browns have to pay. If you release That's, him... I think they're going to have to pay. I don't think that the Rams don't have to give up anything. You can't trade. The trade's passed. Yeah. yeah. So there's you don't have to worry about giving up any assets there. You just bring them in. You we say, would, all right, we hope you're happy. 
we were just trying to figure out if uh, the Browns release him, it does, does do they have to pay him? Then why do they release him if they have to pay him? Why not just keep him and bury him on the roster? Well, can you can you keep him without him being even more of a distraction here? He can't go into the locker room. Like imagine he's in the huddle and Baker misses him. Like you you can't. Like teammates have gotten along with each other and they may not have liked each other. But respect is the key. You know, Draymond Green and KD, maybe they didn't get along, but they did have respect for one another. I don't think OBJ has respect for Baker Mayfield. That's the difference. Because you can look past things. If you got talent, you, do, you go, okay, I may not like him. He's got talent. But when you don't think he's got talent, you can't, you can't have, it won't work. It won't work. We talk about chemistry. Sometimes chemistry works and it defies the odds. This would defy the odds if you bring OBJ back and say, hey, oh, my dad, you know, he's crazy. You know, OBJ didn't say anything. He didn't say, hey, you know what? I still believe in Baker. Like his silence is what told me everything. He believes in this. And he's already told two members in the media who in a sort of undercurrent, you know, where they were able to throw something out here like, hey, you know, Baker's not going to OBJ on purpose. And I remember hearing these comments and I thought that might be coming from OBJ. And turns out probably was. Yeah, Paul. This is such a fascinating time. Look at the people, the athletes, the level of athletes that are not participating in their sport this upcoming week for different reasons. Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham, Kyrie Irving, Deshaun Watson and Ben Simmons. These are star names who, for whatever reason, different reasons, are not playing, and they're all healthy to some level, <laughs> physically healthy. And they're, none of them are playing this weekend. Yeah. Make sure you check out the DP Show store, Penny's uh, Bang Biscuits, the uh, dog treats. We have jerky. We have jerky. Get a jump on your holiday shopping at danpatrick.com. Uh, McLevin, are we going to change the poll yeah, question? Yeah, we're putting up most overcover poll. People are sending in nominees. There's a lot of Big Ben is the most overcovered, which is uh, okay. interesting. All There's right. a lot of Brady, uh, as you said. There's Aaron Rodgers. A few J.J. Watts yeah, is overcovered. Uh, those are fighting words now. Not anymore since he's out. Here's some of the body armor investors. Baker Mayfield, Rob Gronkowski, Clay Thompson, Buster Posey, Mike Trout, Richard Sherman, Skylar Diggins, Dustin Johnson, Anthony Rizzo, investors, congratulations. Yes, McLovin. Those guys don't need the money. They None don't. of those people need that I, money. I know. I know. $8 billion. Man. I never get invited to those things. And the ones I do, we're always like, my wife will say, it's too good to be true. And then it, it's, that's it's true. Too good to be true. Has anybody ever whiffed on one where they was like, I should invest in this? Because, see, I view this as sort of like gambling. And, you know, then you're always talking about the ones that you didn't invest in. I was in on Carvana. And I was in early on Carvana. And all of a sudden, I thought, oh, this can't last. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I, I checked out of Carvana. And Carvana kept going. Uh, I missed out on that one a little bit. Yeah, so you know who's got crazy stories about getting in early on things and it like really paying off is uh, Moby. Yeah. 
Oh, Moby. I, I thought you were going to say Ashton Kutcher. No, he too, though. He's really good at that. But Moby has uh, all of these stories where he'd be like, you know, I was vegan and I'm touring around the country in, you know, a van and it was really hard to find any good food. And then I came across this place called Whole Foods and they <laughs> had, and it was like, oh, they're publicly traded. I'm going to get stock in that or something. And then he got in early on like Whole Foods, Apple, and whatever, where he's like, He's made 10 times the amount of money on the stock market that he has in music. And in music, he's done very well. Just press play. Isn't that the uh, song or the album? Yeah, play. Yeah, yeah play. Yes, yes, Paul. My, my first year at ESPN, we went on a road trip for college uh, game day radio. And we met this guy at University of Maryland who was, guy, had this company that was coming along. It was getting there. And he had just made an advertisement, ESPN, the magazine. And they said, would you guys put him on your show? We're like, we're going to talk about shoes and and." T-shirts? Under Armour. It was Kevin Plank of Under Armour. And I didn't know what Under Armour was in 1999, 2000. And I don't think anyone in the crowd did. But the Maryland people are like, yeah, this guy's got this company. It's a Maryland guy. I remember I actually met with him at his house during the Preakness and still didn't invest in the company. I remember him saying, uh, hey, I got Boomer Esiason and some other people. And I'm like, ah, good for you. Then we go out and he's got this incredible horse farm. It's it's just like, is, is this yours? And he's like, yeah, 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 I got this. Is that your plane? Yeah, 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 yeah. How's the stock doing? No, never mind. Don't tell me. All right, uh, we'll come back. We'll uh, get to phone calls, settle on our poll question, check in the Browns uh, here a little bit. Uh, take a break. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. You want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States taking credit cards will take Discover. Got my new Discover credit card yesterday. I think because the other one was a little warm from uh, my, my daughter's using it, so it was a little melted. Uh, it got hot, Todd. Not really, Todd. This Being joking. facetious. Yes. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. The Kids Tonight Show is a new late night series by kids for kids. Four brilliant kid host anchor segments and sketches, giving monologues, play games, interview, basically like the Tonight Show. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up. Every uh, new episode drops on Thursday. Adults can watch as well. Go to PeacockTV.com and sign up. What's the deal with chores, huh? Little kid doing a monologue up there. Hey, hey, guys, who else here hates homework, huh? I know, I know. Let's bring on our good buddy, Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, works for CBS, Westwood One, and uh, he hosts the Even Money Podcast that uh, you should follow on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. He uh, is busy calling Mac action. Uh, had a game on Tuesday night. I think that was Ball State in Akron. He's got Clemson at Louisville coming up Saturday for Westwood One. He's a busy man, the peripatetic Ross Tucker. Ross, how are you today? Fantastic, always. What's up, Dan? Thursday night football, Mike White versus the Colts. If he plays extremely well, do the Jets then have a... Is it a good thing or a bad thing if Mike White plays really well tonight against the Colts? 
I think it's a fair question. Uh, ultimately, it's a good thing. I think in the short term, it might be a little bit of an issue for the Jets. They have to sort through. But at a minimum, you don't want to rush Zach Wilson back from this injury. So you want Mike White to win. You want Mike White to play well. They're trying to build something there, a new culture with Robert Sala and the Jets. So absolutely, they want Mike White to play well. I know some Jets fans kind of have mixed emotions like, wait a minute, why has he looked better than Zach Wilson does? We'll see if that happens tonight. You know, it's funny, Dan, I was talking with Greg Cosell this morning on the Ross Tucker podcast, and he just mentioned the Bengals were really conservative and vanilla against Mike White last Sunday. I mean, they really just played zone, and I think the Colts will be much more aggressive tonight. I'm not sure Mike White will play that well, but if he does, I know this. I'll personally be thrilled for him. Any of these guys, Dan, Cooper Rush, Mike White, these guys get a chance to actually start a game. They've been just battling, scratching, clawing to stay in the league for years. I always root for these guys. Is it a better story if Jordan Love plays well or doesn't play well against Kansas City? Oh, I think it's a better – well, I guess it depends on your perspective. I think it's a more interesting story. How about if you're a Packer fan? Is it it better that he plays well? No guarantee he wins, but he plays well or he doesn't play well. Oh, okay. That's totally different. Packers fan, you absolutely want Jordan Love to play well. Number one, you want to give your team a chance to win the game. But number two, you want to feel pretty good about what you have in Love when Rodgers isn't there anymore, which is very likely next year. So you absolutely hope Jordan Love plays well. Now, for us, it would be interesting if Jordan Love really played poorly, that would make the offseason even more interesting. And frankly, it would make the entire conversation surrounding Aaron Rodgers and, you know, testing positive and not being vaccinated. It would make that even more interesting if Love plays really poorly. What do you think happens with the Packers? Uh, are they complicit in what happened with Aaron Rodgers? And what happens to Aaron Rodgers? You know, bigger picture with not just being uh, out with COVID, but is he fined? Is he suspended? I think there's going to have to be some sort of discipline. Now, I'll say this. I don't, I don't follow the rules that closely of when they have to wear a mask or what they have to do if they're unvaccinated. But at a minimum, it feels like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers organization were misleading in this instance. So I'll be curious to see how the NFL comes down. They know it's a very sensitive topic, and frankly – Other teams are watching. The thing I keep coming back to, though, Dan, is, you know, I hear all the time whether or not you're vaccinated is a personal decision, personal decision. I get that, but not really when you play for a team, right? Like, not really for a couple different reasons. I mean, number one, you know, we've all read that you're less likely to test positive, less likely to transmit it, all those things if you're vaccinated. So if you're not vaccinated – you're really not quite doing what's best for the team. And then even just forget that part of it, just the NFL, NFL PA rules. I mean, Saquon Barkley tested positive, but because he's vaccinated, if he gets back-to-back negative tests, he can play in the next game. Whereas Rodgers is out at least 10 days, might put him out for the next game. You know, if you're, if you're a leader and you're part of a team, it's not really the personal decision 
that people talk about all the time. It's, it's kind of a, a team decision, especially if you're a leader and winning the Super Bowl, going to it and winning it is supposed to be a high priority for you. I was uh, not accused of being naive, but it was mentioned I might be naive because in my mind, I'm thinking Rodgers, in his mind, thinks that he was protected, that he had, you know, this holistic approach and raise your antibodies and you're going to be, because he said when he was asked, hey, have you been vaccinated? And he goes, yeah, I've been immunized. Well, nobody in the room thought to ask him, okay, is he, is he playing games with words here that maybe in his mind he thought he was protected? Although I was told maybe you're being naive and giving Rogers too much credit that he did know what he was doing, didn't believe in getting vaccinated and was sort of taking chances here of uh, being a spreader or getting in it himself. Well, it sounds like he's got this personal doctor that he really believes in. And if they did some type of therapy to try to boost his antibodies, I think on some level, Rogers probably did think he was protected. But to me, Dan... That's not the point. Like Aaron is a really smart guy and the rules were very clear from the NFL and the NFL PA. So listen, you, you don't have to agree with the rules. And I know a lot of people don't, but these are the rules of engagement for the 2021 season. So if it's really important to you to win as many games as possible, to try to win a Super Bowl, all those things, you really should be vaccinated, right? Like if that's a high priority or priority one, win games, win the Super Bowl, because of the way the rules are laid out this year, you really should be vaccinated if that's a high priority for you. Yeah, but he doesn't have to be vaccinated. You have Carson Wentz who said, I'm not vaccinated. Uh, Alan Lazard, Kirk Cousins, they've come out and said they're not vaccinated. Well, they're still playing. I don't know why Rodgers didn't just say, look, I'm not vaccinated. I've been immunized and I'll go through the COVID protocol. Then I don't know if anybody would have a problem with this because when's the last time Kirk Cousins or Carson Wentz's name came up that they're not vaccinated? I said at the beginning of the year, you're going to have a situation where you have a big time quarterback test positive and we're going to see what the fallout is in that quarterback room. Well, Jordan Love somehow escaped this. And the third string quarterback has COVID. Devontae Adams coming off COVID. Alan Lazard with COVID. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is responsible for that. But I'm curious, if you're a teammate of Aaron Rodgers, and you know he did this, was he being deceitful? Was he, was he trying to, you know, be vague? And look at what the fallout is here. And, and right, what did so the Packers know as well? Because did they just say, hey, whatever we do, let's don't upset Aaron given what happened in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, listen, he didn't want all the criticism that goes along with not being vaccinated, okay? He knows it's a polarizing topic, and he didn't want to face the wrath of the media. It's that simple, because otherwise he would have totally owned it. And I actually give credit to Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz for owning it. Here's the thing, though, Dan. I really believe that if Cousins and Wentz tested positive and missed games in the regular season – I think we would be up in arms anyway. They both tested positive in the preseason. 
So they, they already missed their time during preseason. I said back then, if this happens to a guy that's especially unvaccinated during the season, it's going to be a really big deal, and it is. If Cousins or Wentz tested positive now and had to miss 10 days, maybe two games, I think they'd be getting a lot of flack as well. Maybe not as much as Rodgers because people didn't know that Rodgers was unvaccinated, but they'd still be getting a lot of criticism. He's Ross Tucker, former NFL lineman. He works for CBS Westwood One and host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can follow him at Ross Tucker NFL. The Odell Beckham Jr. situation. Does he have a point about Baker Mayfield? Well, he can be frustrated that he doesn't get the ball more. But, Dan, I played for five teams. I never once met a wide receiver that didn't think they should get the ball more. And this video his dad puts out there, you know, anybody could do a video. Look, you know what, Dan? You know, I'm going to put a video out there, five minutes of my NFL career, and everybody will think I was really, really good. Guess what? I wasn't. You can do anything with videos. Maybe, right? maybe about three minutes. <laughs> but, but the point is, is, okay, so his dad posts a video of when he's open and doesn't get the ball. Every receiver's dad can do that. And by the way, what are you doing having your dad do that? And don't tell me Odell wasn't in on it because it's not a coincidence that the same day LeBron James tweets free OBJ, okay? Like this is an an orchestrated, coordinated thing. Frankly, honestly, this is really bad. I mean, I'm embarrassed for him. Like I'm embarrassed that he had his dad do that. I mean, what, what's next, Dan? Next time I'm filling in for you, am I going to have my mom call you and ask if I can get a little bit more money when I fill? Like, what, what are we like? You're a grown man. You're an adult. And honestly, it's cowardly. Like, I have a lot more respect for guys that say, you know, I, I, I wish I was getting the ball more. I'm not happy. You have your buddy LeBron tweet something and your dad post a video. It's passive aggressive pathetic. Do you think, though, he has a point that Baker Mayfield is just not a good enough quarterback. I don't think that's his point. I think it is. I think he's saying, I'm open. He can't make these throws. He doesn't He doesn't pull the trigger quick enough. And if you look at, now granted, it's 11 minutes that's been edited together to make Odell look good and Baker to look bad. But there are moments that fill up 11 minutes even though some are in slow motion, that (laughs) Baker Mayfield does miss throws with Odell Beckham. Yeah, but they all do. I mean, I I think there's two different things. If he just doesn't doesn't think Baker Mayfield's good enough, okay. I think he thinks that Baker doesn't look for him. I think he thinks that that Baker doesn't want to throw him the ball. That's sort of an entirely... Okay, but look, Baker needs Odell Beckham to get a, a new contract, right? I don't agree. I actually think if you look at it over the last couple of years, they're better without him. Well, I, I don't mean, want he, Odell. I don't want Odell Beckham on my team, but he is extremely talented, and I do think that you need to put up some passing numbers. You know, they're a running team, and there's a reason why because they're more confident in running the football than they are passing it. Even with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, most teams would be a pass team first. I, I think there's still questions with Baker Mayfield here. I don't like the way Odell did this, but I think Odell did it because he knew, hey, go ahead, cut me and pay me, and I'll go find another team. 
Well, there's definitely questions with Baker Mayfield, especially as it relates to whether or not he gets a a big-time long-term contract. But as it relates to Odell Beckham Jr., I don't really know how talented he really is anymore. And Baker Mayfield and the Browns have clearly played better without him. Throw the ball to Landry. Throw the ball to Donovan Peoples-Jones. They've got three good tight ends. Their backs are excellent out of the backfield. They don't need Odell Beckham Jr., but he was smart the way he timed it Yeah, because no one's going to pick him up on waivers now because of his salary. So if they cut him, he'll be able to sign with whatever team he wants. I mean, they're, they're trying to figure out the money right now. They want to get rid of him. If he, if he wasn't guaranteed all this money, he would have been cut already. Yeah, I think that he's, you know, they held him out of practice again today. And I think, according to the CBA, Mike Florio said, you're not allowed to do that. You can't hold him out. Uh, He has to be able to come back if he wants to come back. So you have to either allow him to come back or you release him. And I think that's what he's hoping for. And who knows where he ends up, but it feels like he's going to get paid and then get paid again and going to get his get out of jail card. Who really wants him? I mean, the, the Saints, what he's doing the, right now. The Saints would take him right now. Yeah, you know what? That's fair, and I think they probably would. I don't think he'd get a lot of money, but he's injured a lot. He's not productive. He doesn't get along with quarterbacks like Eli Manning and Baker Mayfield, and this is the second time in a row that he's kind of tried to force his way out. Uh, who's looking for that? I mean, that, that's the grand slam right there of four things I don't want on my team. Yeah, but Antonio Brown... He got a couple of second chances, third chances. Much better player, I think, than Odell is at this stage. I agree. But I you're agree. right. He'll, he'll, go, he'll go to the Saints or somewhere, and I guess he'll get the ball more. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think he's very good anymore. Uh, but I think he realizes that people are feeling that way, and he wants to go somewhere else to prove that he's still got it. Great to talk to you, Ross, as always. Thank you, buddy. Safe travels. I, Absolutely. Thank you. See ya. That's Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, one of our favorites. Works for CBS and Westwood One. Clemson at Louisville. He'll have that game on Westwood One on Saturday. We'll take a break. Phone calls coming up, and we will check in with the Cleveland Browns coming up next hour. Back after this to the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Four drivers will race to make their championship dream come true in the desert. The NASCAR Cup Series championship race from Phoenix Sunday at 3 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Yes, Paulie. We have something just to take a little uh, left turn here. There's a major Sopranos update. Now, you did not watch the entire series. I didn't watch any of it. I thought you watched the last episode. Did no, you? No, I watched the last scene. 
Last scene. Okay. That was it. Good. This relates to that. (laughs) Hold on. You watched the last scene of the last episode? Well, everybody kept talking about the last scene. They were trying to understand what it meant. That's what this whole, your whole thesis is based on that? Yes. Yes. That, that they don't die like we die, but the mafia is still going to be there. Okay. That's what a lot of people think. And there's a big controversy. They do now after listening to me. Earmuff it if you haven't seen The Sopranos, but um, David Chase... The guy who wrote it, he's been interviewed a thousand times about this. In 2018, he talked about the final scene of The Sopranos to some interviewers from the Newark Star-Ledger. And uh, the last scene, of course, they're in that little Holston's diner with the family, and the daughter's trying to park, and and there's people around and feel suspicious. Mm -hmm. And then Don't Stop Believing is playing, and it cuts to black. He was asked in 2018 about that scene. He said, quote, well, I had that death scene in mind for years before. There's like a slip of the tongue, people thought. And David Chase didn't follow up on it. He, the other day, he was interviewed by a Hollywood reporter, and the reporter asked him, was that a slip of the tongue when you said that death scene? He said, no. He said, the scene had been in my mind for years, but not that scene. I thought, uh, I, and he said he didn't think of it cutting to black. He said for a while, he'd been thinking that Tony would be returning to New York for a meeting with all their mob bosses, and he would get killed there. Uh, they the, call it whacked, whacked, Paul? Trying to clean it up a little bit. Okay. So he said uh, he changed his mind late in the last season. He was outside a little kind of junky diner in the middle of nowhere in New Jersey. And he said, wouldn't it be interesting if Tony got it there? Some nondescript little local diner, mm-hmm. nothing special, nothing grandiose. And that's why he picked that as the ending. Okay. So he basically confirmed that Tony Soprano did get whacked in the final scene. Oh, I think that he does die. But I think that they live on that. It goes to black and then you you assume something happens. But they as a as a mafia family, they live. We're the ones that die. The mafia continues to live in whatever incarnation. At least that's what I took away from my thorough research of watching the last scene of uh, Sopranos. He also said he, he's <laughs> not many people work their way back. Like you start at the very end and then you work your way back to the very beginning. But I'll get around to the Sopranos one of these days. You know, I usually just watch uh, the final two minutes of a football game. You know, <laughs> that's just that's all you need to watch here. Yes. Yeah, It'd be funny if you watch the whole series backwards and at the very you finally get to the very beginning. You're like, these guys are in the mafia. <laughs> no way. Just bad family men, I thought. Yeah, yeah I just man, I'm so curious to know what they did. For, this is a wow. New Jersey. No kidding. Yeah, I thought. Thought they were just irresponsible. Yes, <laughs> I remember one day you came in between Game of Thrones seasons. You're like, Jon Snow's going to live. Yes. I'm like, and you've literally never seen a second of the show. I, I've never. I, I saw the one part of Game of Thrones when the little boy gets pushed out of the window, which oh, is yeah. like the very opening scenes. I think. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> First show. Yeah. And then I was done. But they, you know, is Jon Snow, and he, you know, he got killed. And I, I came in, and McLovin was talking about it, and I go. He's he didn't die. He's coming back, dude. Yeah, because you know the Hollywood business. They're yeah. not going to let that actor walk. No, and then I I was like I never saw any of Game of Thrones. But the worst spoiler you've ever had, and you don't even you still don't even know it. The new Star Wars when you told me Harrison Ford, earmuff here died in the uh, yes, yeah I hadn't hadn't seen it yet. And two weeks after it came out, you said. Oh, man, that sucked when Han Solo died. <laughs> well, it was a fight scene that took forever. Oh, so you you actually sat through a Star Wars movie? Yes. Yes. Uh, I was actually in Vermont, and uh, there wasn't much to do. And my uh, family said, hey, let's go see the new Star Wars. And I went, 
is there anything else showing? And they go, no, it's the only movie in town. Paula, you've been to that theater. Yeah, there's barely one movie. There. Yes. Sometimes there's none movie. Yes. And I, uh, so I watched the movie and I went, oh, God. Yes, Eden. You going to watch Dune? No. Timothy Chalamet? No. No? You sure? Most of the cast is the same as that Star Wars movie anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which made it really confusing, actually, because you're like, yeah, new Star Wars. Oh, wait, no, this is Dune. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. I just don't have attention span to watch that stuff. Yeah, Paul. I got a call a couple of weeks ago. This is a pretty good story. Uh, an in-law of mine has two daughters. I think they're, I'm going to guess they're like 10 and 8, somewhere around there. And uh, the mom goes, go ahead and watch whatever is in the stack of videos. And it was mostly kids' movies, kid-ish movies. Yeah. And the two kids, they put on Titanic. And they sat there for like three hours watching Titanic. And the first, you know, the first hour and a half on Titanic, it's like fun and bouncy. And, you know, there's beautiful dresses and it's almost a love story and then the kids watch the last hour of titanic mm. and uh they're still uh <laughs> traumatized they're, they're having issues yeah didn't yeah. go over well at home yeah by the way uh ralph macchio the karate kid is 60 turned 60 today jeff probst from survivor 60 whose career would you rather have would you rather be the karate kid or the host of survivor mclovin well, I, did Jeff Probst get like producer money for I'm all gonna that? Guess, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess he got a piece of that. Yeah, I mean, the Karate Kid is the ultimate career. I take him almost over anybody, and he's he's so well liked. Yes, he is. Yes, Paul. Yeah, you got some immortality as an actor if you're Ralph Macho, Karate Kid, The Outsiders, My Cousin Vinny. Those are pretty locked in movies. Well, then he brought back the Karate Kid. You know, the Cobra Kai, and been very successful. Yes, he. I'm going Jeff Probst all day. No. Oh. All day. Okay. He got, dude made like $50 million to fly to exotic islands for a couple of months, and that was work. Okay. I've, I'll take that. How about this? Yes, McLovin. By the way, you didn't watch Game of Thrones, you didn't watch Sopranos, but Cobra Kai comes out on a Friday. <laughs> yes. You're through it by Saturday afternoon. Yes. I just want to point that out. <laughs> yes, that is true. There's, there's certain shows. You know, that after I get done with the show, I take a nap. You know, I'm just tired. Don't want to talk. I, want, I like things that are just... 30 minutes or so, they're kind of easy, breezy, don't have to think too much. Um, you know, I'm watching the morning show with Jennifer Aniston. By the way, uh, spoiler, no, no, I'm not going to do it. But uh, I watched it last night, and it's a big spoiler. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but, you know, the fact that it's loosely based on what happened at the Today Show with Matt Lauer and uh, Steve Carell uh, playing the role of Matt Lauer. Matthew McConaughey and P. Diddy, born today. Both are 52. Whose career would you rather have? Right, right, right. Todd? I think I want to be McConaughey. I think, uh, they're, bo they're both cool and making all kinds of money, but uh, I don't know. There's something suave and debonair, for lack of a better word, than to be Matthew McConaughey. I don't know. P. Diddy has made some coin. Yeah. He made a lot of money. I'll take that all day, P. Diddy. Yeah. All day. I, he's got to be $300 million. Career salary game? Oh. Uh, he right. might be $300 million just off the vodka that he made. Yes. Not even including his yeah, music. His music, career. yeah. I never thought he was a good singer, musician. Good producer. Yeah. Great producer. He was smart enough to, you know, say to, uh, uh, who was my... Uh, Notorious B.I.G.? Yes. To say, you you, you be the star. Uh, yes, Paul. Career net worth of P. Diddy estimated in 2019. Who wants a piece of it? Real quick. $460 million. You're low. Ouch. 
But did he ever have people watch him play pool in his own house and then leave in the middle of the game? I got $850 million <laughs> wow. net worth for Diddy. Congratulations. Man. Congratulations. I think I want to be P. Diddy. Could I, uh, could I change my <laughs> I don't know. You could be McConaughey, get to you know, go without your shirt all day. He's in good shape. He's got a few bucks on him, too. Final hour, we'll check in with the Cleveland Browns as OBJ played his last game there.